worry become anxiety, or feeling down progress to depression. Why do some of us travel through life with resilience and barely a worry in the world, while others can experience anxiety and depression? Hi, my name is Aya, and per usual, I'll be your host on Your Brain Uncovered. This episode is going to be exquisitely unique because I have an amazing guest for you, the renowned clinical psychologist Sneha Joan. Hi. Hi. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> so good to be on your show, Aya. Thank you. Thank you very much. Um, during this post-COVID area, we millennials are suffering from so much um, anxiety, especially anticipatory anxiety. So anxiety about the future, where are we going to be settling, how to go back in, um, to physical attendance with universities, work placement. Um, so yeah, we're going through a lot. And these are all shared uh, problems which set the tone for anxiety to kick in. Hopefully by the end of this uh, episode, you might as well help us stop there to you know, go through it. Yes, definitely. So um, there's there's a lot going on with just so many changes around the world, and especially what for students in university having to cope up with online learning, and then also uh, still get through their degree and also to manage uh, their stress levels. And it's a different way they've never been been through this before. So uh, I I would be really happy to give you some tips on on uh, kind of uh, first identifying what anxiety mm. looks like and also how we can cope with it in a easy and practical way. So yes, let's, let's get into it. All right, beautiful. Um, this is a very basic question. Um, I don't want like an APA definition to it, but something that I can understand. Uh, what is considered an anxiety disorder? Okay, so an anxiety disorder is anything that um, where a person is not able to let go of uh, thoughts of worry oh. uh, about uh, it's, it's probably about themselves, about others, would be about the world. It would be uh, just in generic or something specific that's affecting their life. So if you said university, and if the person's only focusing on university, then then the worry is always about that. And the and the unique thing is it's not fleeting worry; it's constant. It's always there in your mind. Oh boy. <laughs> so it's always in the back of your mind and you're thinking, you're, even when you're doing something else, you, you will be, uh, you're basing everything you do based on that worry. So it's when worry takes over your life and then it affects uh, your appetite. Maybe some people eat a lot, some people don't eat much, mm. uh, they don't feel like eating. So they really get this appetite, they have problems with sleep. Sometimes uh, they, they would go to sleep very late at night because they want to fight past those thoughts of, of worry. And then sometimes they uh, sleep a lot uh, just through the day. So it's to the extremes it's with the everything. extremes, yeah, with everything. Wow. Where uh, performance gets affected at work or school um, or anything that concerns them, if they're not able to, to function well. Um, and are there certain causes to it, maybe triggers? So there are a variety of different triggers. So one could be uh, genetics. Uh, oh, like a genetic predisposition. Yes. Uh, okay. Yeah. So if you come from a family of warriors, or uh, you know, there there is a history of uh, anxiety. Not not probably it's not diagnosed, but it's just the way that people deal and the environment the family mm. is from is just based on anxiety so i'll give you an example uh, i've i've several patients who kind of say my family thinks of the worst possible situation first before they consider all the other alternatives for anything 
oh wow <laughs> so it could be as simple as going to a restaurant so the worst worst possible situation is we won't get to eat there so yeah. we, we start from that place instead of actually going there and just is it is it like a negativity bias yes Yes. Okay. Okay. Yes, it and is, it is a negativity bias that mm. you know some some of them just uh, adopt over generations, and so you would see that going through, and it is something that can be passed uh, on uh, through heritage. That is mm. actually proved in, in research as well. So this is probably a genetic predisposition. Okay. It could be something that's learned in the environment as well. Uh, watching could be certain uh, life experiences where the person has to adopt a survival instinct, and so they've not uh, they've not been able to enjoy good things, or they've they've yeah. been having more of the negative uh, experience where they need to stand for themselves and problems at home. Probably that's been problems with you know their their family, their parents not being able to attach, but probably the attachment issues at home. Uh, and even um other things like uh specific experiences in their lives that they've gone through for example bullying if they've gone through uh, problems learning like learning difficulties oh, that's tragic yeah. yeah so these are some things that can also affect mm. um and then uh yeah so these are the three things so one is this a genetic the next thing is the environment the social so the friends you're with and also the situational factors that you have uh, that's a daily everyday kind of uh, something that's just uh, come in the environment uh, that's really trigger the anxiety so it's usually a mix of these things yeah. um i have a i have a particular question that has been addressed to me by a friend so they've they've dealt with anxiety for quite some time and uh, what they did tell me is that they tried different coping me- mechanisms none of them worked and then they found out they discovered that they had a health problem and uh do you think that certain health issues can correlate with anxiety such as a thyroid dysfunction or certain it's a good you know, question yeah definitely is that possible yes it is because it is uh our bodies also linked to uh the way that uh, our mood is and our hormones function so sometimes when there's a hormonal uh problem or uh, a disorder so to speak like thyroid or uh even um you know other other things in the body where the blood is is not kind of functioning well there's blood irregularities that oh, wow. that, that happens to affect your uh, your overall mood and it affects your uh, ability to uh, to actually i don't know i think you will you will you're learning cognitive neuroscience yeah. serotonin production really it really does get affected and mm. so there's there's a lack of that and there's you know there's less of serotonin being produced that's the reason why a lot of uh, people with thyroid disorder may also have problems with anxiety with, with you know low mood with fatigue so that's there's a big correlation with that uh, and that also needs to be taken you know care of so once that's that's treated they'll actually see that they're able to feel I mean there's hope always on the other side yes. right <laughs> So yeah certain genetic environmental and biological factors play a huge huge role in um well having you having an anxiety disorder and obviously this is very complex so it's not broad in general there are certain there are different types of anxiety um can you list some of the most um uh, common ones you have been exposed to during your work experience so uh the common ones are generalized anxiety so it's okay. it's just being anxious about everything in life and having uh um just a negative um 
expectation for life in general and what's going to happen uh, in, okay. in the next moment. More particularly, it's, it's um, anxiety about the unknown, this fear of uncertainty, mm. and that's what really um, overshadows everything else in life. So just feeling restless throughout the day, regardless of um, anything, any sort of circumstance, that's yeah. how generalized. It just it goes into all areas of their life. It affects every area. Um, you know, their personal, their work, their relationships, their, their uh, university, school, every every part of their life. So that's that bit. Mm. And the specific, we've got like specific anxiety disorders on certain things. Could be specific about school, could be specific about university, about home. There is a certain trigger or stressor in those environments. You tend to feel um, anxious only there in those situations. Yeah. yeah. And also then going on a little further to phobias. So we have different types of phobias. I don't want to list all of them. What are some of the most interesting ones? Okay, so, <laughs> uh, so there's the, of course the claustrophobia, the fear of being in confined spaces. Mm. Uh, there is the, um, the nyctophobia. Uh, there's, you know, fear of nighttime, the darkness and being uh, just uh, surrounded without any light. There's oh. also a fear of uh, death. You know? Yeah, we spoke about yeah, that we earlier. Spoke about that earlier, mm-hmm. right? Where how uh, someone fears dying and more specifically dying in their sleep. Also, sometimes that yes. happens, but it, it's just all throughout uh, being sick, getting an illness, or getting in a car accident or anything. It's just because of uh, fear of sickness. So, so a fear of death. So that is something. Those are the three ones that I think I've been exposed in the, in the last, you know. That's uh, quite fascinating. Yeah, so much more uh, uh, in terms of phobias, yes. Uh, how do we cope with, um, you know, the symptoms that come with all of these? So it, it would be different for each of them. So the phobias would be different because it's, it's more like a deep-rooted uh, fear about something. Of course. Yeah. So for anxiety in general, the first step always is to identify what happens in the body. Uh, All right. Yes. The triggers, is it? The triggers, yeah, the physical triggers, physiological triggers in your All body. All right. Uh, for example, it really, uh, if you're if you're feeling anxious, uh, regardless of when and how, you would be feeling uh, a little tired, maybe you might be feeling um, breathless sometimes, mm. shallow breathing. You might be also uh, having headaches, constant headaches without a medical cause. You might also be having, um, you know. Uh, this um, dizziness or uh, sweating. Um, I have a question. What about sleep disturbances? Yes. So sleep disturbances uh, again. That's that also kind of comes into more prolonged uh, uh, effects of, of anxiety. Anxiety. Yes. Yeah? So uh, that's, for example, again, if you're not able to sleep at night and you're or you're sleeping, you're able to sleep okay, but you wake up several times. How do we deal with that? Mm. So the first thing is is definitely to deal with whatever is causing the the worry and anxiety. Uh, you know, one is before bed. You know? All right. So step one: identify the root cause yeah. or the trigger. Yeah. Okay. So it, it might not be that you know exactly why you're anxious, but just the fact that I am anxious. Uh, okay. And that that means that I don't want to go to sleep unless I kind of. Um, process that and I, I, I write down some of the things that I'm speaking about myself at this moment so maybe mm-hmm. the negative self-talk I, I wrote, write down my worries whatever I'm aware of and then 
um, I then separate that into what I can control, like maybe uh, one thing I can control about this worry. All right, so you focus on the controllables. Yes. Oh, that's beautiful. And then you eliminate the ones by after uh, which you cannot control by actually choosing to let go of them. Of if course. We cannot. We do not know. We don't know what the outcome is. And it is uncomfortable if you <laughs> do not know it. Yeah. But I'm going to be okay. I'm going to release that control. I'm just going to focus on what I can control. That's, okay. And I think that would help you to put some structure. So step one, identify the trigger. Step two, focus on the controllables, which are your will, choice, and mind at the yes. end of the day. Yeah. Step three would be? Would be to, again, make a list of the, the, the things I cannot control in that and actually choosing to let them go. Just let it go. Yeah. Wow. Okay. You make it sound very easy, so I must try it the next time I do have one of my fits. <laughs> Yes. hopefully um so yeah um do you have any recommendations for any supplements that can dampen anxiety uh some doctors um i've read recently have recommended stuff like kava inositol ashwagandha lavender magnesium a bunch of them uh, do you do you recommend being dependent on them so um i i would recommend that they have that each person have a checkup a physical checkup also because uh, as you were talking earlier this you know there may be some deficiencies in the body and that's the reason why you feel anxious so the vitamins uh, deficiencies uh, you know that is something that can cause you to feel uh, on edge and like zinc and magnesium and uh, uh, potassium and all the other different things you really do need it so if you're advised by a doctor to uh, to have supplements definitely but there would be a review period because you wouldn't need it all the time you would need to review how much you can you need of them so review them review it with your doctor and uh, definitely that along with um, these strategies that we use to control our thinking and to control uh, the way we react to situations could really help but yeah. So switching to an overall healthy diet that is naturally supplemented by those uh, vitamins yes. is what's recommended, right? Yes. Oh, okay. That's great. Um, there's a bright side to it always. <laughs> um, regarding therapy, when do you think someone should, um, you know, decide to go on and seek help? So cognitive behavioral therapy, when does that come in? At which level? Okay. So uh, that really comes in when the person is, we say when the anxiety is affecting all areas of their life. So it's affecting their work or if it's affecting their university or their studies and home. Mm. So it affects them in such a way that they always feel irritable, they feel uh, they might cry, uh, they might uh, they might feel um, not interested uh, in pursuing them and just a lethargy. And, and if they feel demotivated to continue it, uh, with their life, it is that's that's definitely a time when it's a wake-up call. But even before that, when you're if you're trying out strategies on your own and it's not working out, uh, you feel like your your anxiety is overtaking you. It's the time that you you know might benefit with some help because maybe you need to you need to have some more guidance on what you're doing. So um, while there's a lot of self-help books available now, <laughs> yeah, it's everywhere. It's everywhere. It, it really is. Uh, there's a word of caution there because. Uh, when you're the one who's actually dealing with it yourself, it's difficult to, to kind of know, you know when to draw the line and sometimes it can be a flurry of different thoughts and you know just yeah. kind of being 
overwhelmed by them so you would need someone to guide you through the process i would say if you are going through even the starting symptoms maybe maybe kind of reaching out for help would be okay so it's not when it's um, you know when it's really out of control but we always say uh, that yes we the wake up call or the time to act really is when it's affecting you and you cannot function at all so that's when it's so here. when it affects your daily life activities from walking to talking to some of your friends or yeah. a situation at work that's when you know that it has to stop right yes all yes. right so if it's affecting those daily things um even like grocery shopping or anything you're, you're taking so long and you find that an effort and you're just thinking too much about it, i really feel that it's not something that you're motivated to do and you're just swamped by worry and anxiety you need to take you need to actually Uh, seek help. Yeah. Um, especially with seeking help, and I mean, we're in it um, at the moment here in Dubai. Uh, there's this kind of a stigma that I find surrounding me, um, and like all of us, technically, guys find it tough to seek help because it's a sign of weakness. How can you overcome such a stigma? Uh, because for girls, it, it's it's easier to say I'm 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 vulnerable, I'm weak, I need help. But for guys, um, it's kind of a tougher and trickier situation. How would you help someone speak out? Ah, okay, yes, that is something that is you know, as you said, like boys have to be tough and yeah. really not cry and show their emotions. Uh, but of course, I would say that uh, if you know, if they are able to relate with any of these things that you know, in terms of symptoms that I've just spoken about, they really can um, they can do their own search of people that you know probably it's a male therapist uh, who probably can help them through some of those uh, you know even the stigma that they're facing to kind of talk and open up because mm-hmm. that is might be a challenge for them so uh, i would say that you know uh, one is uh, to have at least one a friend or somebody someone they can they can actually disclose uh, and then second is actually to to say okay I think it's really affecting me as well and let me just kind of speak to someone and see how I can better mm. manage it and the thing is that I I work with a lot of even like patients who say uh, you know males they say that I've been discouraged to come and seek therapy but I'm just doing it because Exactly. Yeah, yeah, I'm doing it because it's just been so difficult for me to express my emotions. So um if you identify with something with that uh it's it's always a good idea to kind of Uh, to just start, even if it's browsing through, um, if to start with browsing videos, uh, to uh, to get in touch with a support group because we have a few in Dubai for men. Okay. Yeah, we have a few. Um, it's called Anonymous, I think, or uh, I'm not really sure of the name, but there is a men's support group. Which oh wow, that's fascinating. Us. Maybe I'll add up the link on uh, yes, on the yes. show notes. That's so great. It really helps that some of sometimes they go to the mountains of Fujairah. Wow. <laughs> I never knew. Yes, yeah, so that's it's just for men's mental health. So there's started up several by a businessman. It's been a few things that my patients have also been going to, and they really benefited from uh, meeting other men. Uh, you know, uh, in, and they kind of group them into ages, age groups. So it's like twenty to thirty-five, thirty-five to forty. So so those type of uh, groups about five, and they just share share things just about um, mental health in general and about how they cope with it. and uh, it it's more it's a more safer space so that's something that i i think could also be the more you know the better yeah. <laughs> so at the end of the day vulnerability is a sign of strength and it's not a sign of weakness 
um, I think that's what you're trying yeah. to emphasize, right? Because yeah. most men think bottling up their emotions is a sign of strength, and that's not just that's just not the case. And there's immense support here if anyone's in need of it. And I'll be providing the link as well to that support group you just mentioned, which is quite beautiful. I never knew of. Uh, can you kindly? Uh, I'm. I feel like we're running short on time. You've got people to help out. <laughs> Can you kindly wrap up uh, for us with your best advice and information um, that you seek to give out about anxiety and how to deal with it? Okay. So um, I would say that anxiety is curable. Okay. Mm. Uh, it's not who you are. It's. It okay. Is, um, so it definitely is. Uh, you separated from you. So you would say that it is. Um, as, you know, people call it uh, a disorder, but I would just say it's a condition, and it's something that uh, can be treated. And so, uh, the, the advice would be for you to um, to kind of be aware of how your response is to certain things in life, and how do you you cope with it. And if you if you're finding it difficult to kind of transition easily and kind of have problems with uh, with just uh, coping with life, and you find that you you tend to be uh, sticking to the negative things or kind of uh, always uh, being worried about something and that might mean that you you would have an anxious way of, of dealing with things and I think that mm. it's always good for you to for us to be aware of it uh, and also for us to uh, realign ourselves with a more rational way uh, of, of one is uh, for us to see uh, it's just kind of I would say that grounding yourself when you feel that way uh, and it always helps before um, even thinking about what to do or uh, speaking to yourself in a positive way, anything. You need to, um, of course, just close your eyes and just kind of give yourself five minutes wherever you are, just to ground yourself with where you are at the moment. Mm. Uh, the breathing really helps. It helps for you to, to anchor yourself to your breath and try to breathe normally and really just kind of allow that anxiety and stress to go. Well, okay, that's that's quite fascinating. Yeah. Um, as easy that this may seem, um, it all starts with action. So I, I really hope this has been of good use to uh, my listeners. And uh, so at the end of the day, if we were to sum it up, we can say that anxiety is not who, what makes you, it's just a fleeting experience. And you're, you're practically every individual is a masterpiece um, in progress. So it needs constant effort to be worked on and um, it's just a shared human experience so yeah. the more you reach out to people the more you'll realize how it's a shared human experience that is just gonna come passing by and leave you one day yeah. so yeah. yeah thank you so much i'm very grateful for my time with you you're very generous honestly thank you and thank you for um yeah sharing all this information i'll be providing um uh, for everyone the details so they can reach out to you, maybe give you a visit because there are so many people in need, especially uh, during the post-COVID era. Um, so yeah, thank you very much for your time. Thank, thank you. you. Thanks a lot, Aya. And uh, I wish you all the very best. And I'm really looking forward to listening to more podcasts. Oh, so, <laughs> it so, means a lot. Thank you.